Oh, Lord. What a dangerous prayer to pray. That you would break our hearts for what breaks yours. Especially here and now, oh Lord. We name that even as we sing Hosanna and Hallelujah, there are places in the world where the sound of violence is louder than the sound of Hosanna. We pray that here and now, would you be gracious to us? Give us the tools we need for both joy and lament. As Reverend Donna prayed, God, would you come near to us? Come near to us in the way that we need. We make space for you, oh God. And would you be glorified in this place? We ask this all in the name of the one of both our hosannas and our laments. Amen. Good morning, sir. So good to be with you in worship. Our passage this morning is from 1 Samuel, so we will just head straight in. I invite you to follow the words on the screen as I read the scripture. And I invite you to, um, as we read, if there are phrases or words that stand out to you, might you latch on to those? Verse 12, as Hannah continued praying for the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying silently, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine. But Hannah answered, and this is where we will, this is the verse we will call back again and again this morning. No, my Lord, I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation all this time. Then Eli answered, Go in peace. The God of Israel grant the petition you have made. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your sight. Then the woman went her way and ate and drank with her husband, and her countenance was sad no longer. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Praise be to God. 
She said, no, my Lord, I am a woman deeply troubled. What do you do when you are deeply troubled? When the world is deeply troubled? What do you do when you don't know what to do? We hear that the fire is not ceasing, the world is at war, and it's not just in Israel-Palestine, but we hear news from Sudan and Congo and Haiti. There's so much news and social media that's giving us more content that our brains can't comprehend. All the while, we're just trying to heal the wounds in our own lives, trying to be good parents, good partners, just good human beings. So what do we do when it's all too much? Too much uncertainty, too much grief, too much that we can't control. What do we do when we don't know what to do? Our teacher this morning is a woman deeply troubled. She's deeply troubled in a world where her main value and worth are dependent on her offspring as her legacy, which she does not have. She's a woman deeply troubled where her expressions of faith are being policed by religious authority. She's a woman deeply troubled because it says she's praying and praying and God hasn't answered her. Her family sacrifices every year but they don't seem to be grabbing God's attention. The priest observes Hannah as she walks into the temple. We heard him as he said, how long will you make a drunken spectacle? Perhaps this is because Hannah is not following the typical protocol for prayer. Making a spectacle means she's not following the prescribed formula. Instead of uh, being standing up straight, praying in proper tradition, I imagine that she is bent over, kind of rocking back and forth. It says that her lips are moving at a rapid pace, even though she is silent. Yeah. Eli is the religious authority in this chapter, but in a power reversal, like we often see in scripture, Hannah becomes the teacher, and Eli the student. Hannah responds to him, I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Our spiritual mother pours out her soul before God. This is what she does when she doesn't know what else to do. She pours her heart out like water holding nothing back. Every feeling, every thought, her despair and anxiety comes before the table of God. There's no time to filter herself, no time to check herself at the door or pretend that she's happy and glad when she's really not. Yeah. She's silent but sincere. And in this, she trusts that and as she rocks back and forth, as she prays and communes with God, in a way that the religious person doesn't understand. She trusts that God understands. That God understands her pouring out. Can you remember a time for yourself 
when you really prayed. Like that panic when, um, you know, something tragic might happen, like God forbid you uh, don't have a parking spot, or you're late, or um, a few weeks ago I thought maybe I left the, the church door open, and in my mind I was like, I'm going to show up and everything's going to be gone, and I'm going to be in debt to this church for a long time. I believe that God is still present with us in our prayers, um, even when we're not fully present. So when we're snoozing in prayer, when we come to church and we're really thinking about lunch because Benjamin's bagels are really just so crispy and good, I think God still hears those distracted prayers because God is faithful. But there is something, there is something really special when we are communicating with God in a way that we are fully engaged, when we don't follow a script of what we think we're supposed to say to yeah. be holy or righteous, yeah. but when we come to God with our bare honesty with what's really happening in our lives. When we come to God for those prayers um, as if our lives depended on it, as if the world depended on it, because what if so this morning, I want to invite us to invite Hannah to bring us back to that place. And if Hannah were standing here with us right now, I imagine there's a number of things that she would invite us into. The first, don't be afraid to lament big. Don't be afraid to lament big. I'll invite you to say it with me. Lament big. Yes. Lament simply means a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. In a world that can make us numb, or in a world that wants to coerce us or seduce us into distractions, Hannah reminds us that there's a holiness in feeling and seeing the world as it is and lamenting when the goodness of God seems far away. Lament big when we just can't comprehend the sorrow or suffering of the world or the weight of our own lives. Lament big that there are so many reasons to lament. And you might be saying, Kiana, we were here last Sunday, and Lisa said, November is rehearsing God's goodness. So just because she's left the country doesn't mean I can hijack us and bring us into lament. Well, first of all, we'll watch me. In the world. Yes. 
big, even if it's painful. Lament big. Because to see, to see and to feel is a holy practice. Yes, it is. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh no, I've lost my page. Okay. <laughs> I lament big that I've lost my page. Um, okay, I think so. I have seven minutes. Okay. Um, so, next, we don't lament big and then just keep it inside ourselves. We lament big and then we pour our hearts out to God. Yes. You can say that with me. We lament big and pour our hearts out to God. Lament, oh God, lament without the container of prayer can turn into a man that overtakes us. Yes, 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 yes. But within the container of prayer, yes. and through the expression of prayer, yes. we find in God a loving listener who will hold our grief with us. God can hold all that we are carrying. And we don't need to use fancy words. I know many of us in this room are renegotiating the place of prayer in our lives. So for us, for you, prayer might simply be showing up to God inside of this community. Showing up before God inside us. We have permission to say to God, I have no words. I don't know what to say to you. We have permission to say to God, I actually feel far from lament, and maybe ask some questions about why. We have permission to say to God, here I am, here we are, and this is all I have. And that is a beautiful start. For the next handful of weeks that are left in 2023, the pastoral team is going to invite us into a weekly rhythm of prayer. Shout out to those of you who read your loop and newsletter because you've seen that already. Um, but you'll have a chance to light a candle of your own that you have at home. Or if you need a candle, um, we'll invite you to pick up one before you leave near our swing door entrance. So that each Thursday through the rest of November and December, we can carve out space to be in, in prayer for our siblings around the world. Yeah. It's also a, a time and carved out space that we can pray for our own healing, um, our collective healing as well. But any space you make, no matter the time of day, the invitation is the same. We too, like Hannah, can bring our full selves to God. We too can speak to God in an unfiltered, raw, honest, unconventional way. We can speak to God with mascara tears running down our faces. We can engage in this practice, pouring out our hearts to God. So first, lament big. Pour your heart out to God. And 
then three, start small. Hmm. I'll invite you to say that with me. Start, start small. I love how this section ends. It says that after her prayers, Hannah went home and she had dinner. She went home and she ate. But I love this because this is Hannah's one way, a small way, that she took one step toward her own healing. Yes. God knows we can't be a part of the, the world's healing if we don't engage the healing work ourselves. And I wrote that, but um, I actually think God can use us even as we are on our journey of healing, so add that agenda in there. So Hannah took one small step to fuel herself for the journey. Hannah didn't lament that one day and then come home and just be like the, the justice warrior on behalf of all barren women. Um, but she took baby steps toward her blessing. So are you nurturing yourself for this journey? And if you are feeling healed and whole, if you've eaten and your heart is full, what is one baby step that you can take toward making sure others can return home and have a meal too. Maybe your small step is committing a monthly amount toward humanitarian aid in this season. Maybe it's not just praying by yourself on Thursdays, but you invite your community group into that, or you pray with a friend or your children. Maybe it's not just praying, but maybe your next step is to add some expression of protest along your growing habit of prayer. But the point is, there's a beauty of a simple step. That's all we are asked to take, just one simple step at a time. So lament big. Pour your heart out. But start small. Lament big. Pour your heart out. Start small. This is Hannah's ritual for lament. This is what she does when she doesn't know what to do anymore. And this is what we can do too. Maybe when we don't know what to do anymore. So I pray that this one ritual of lament, this one ritual of healing can be a practice that we live in our lives as well. Amen. Amen.